everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from cold but lovely Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. And coming up today, uh, we're basically continuing conversations that have been started. Yeah, we just had a lot of feedback. Yeah. So responding to email. We're going to respond to your responses uh, (laughs) in the the latter part of the show because there's some good... There's good responses. There's stuff to talk about. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about. And uh, and so we thought that, you know, we've done this before. We'll, we'll just take a minute. We had a conversation that got a lot of response. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, uh, we're going to, we're, we're, that's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to revisit some that's, issues yeah, absolutely. In, in, in good, fun, positive ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we do that, we'll tell you some stories. Do you want to go? Sure. Yeah. All right, go. All right. Um, do you watch... I know you watch Fox News a lot, right? Oh, I'm yeah. a, I'm an avid. Uh, basically, it's all my t- my TV is sort of set permanently, yeah, to the Fox News. Yeah. Well, I gave up on GMA, Good Morning America, years ago. Right. Well, one and, would uh, and just watch that nice, lovely Fox and Friends. Oh, Fox and Friends, <laughs> which is like so weird. They're making apparently their network one of the characters in the show. I guess in the title. Yeah. Like, hey, look, it's our network and it's friends. I was hoping for the longest time that one of them actually had the last name Fox. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh, it's on Fox. No. But no, it was nothing. Nothing. Nothing, like nothing so good. No. Nothing so thought through. No. No. Uh, yeah, I know that we expect so much from Fox and Friends. <laughs> uh, from Steve Ducey and Elizabeth Hasselbeck, right? Hasselbeck. Ducey. Ducey. What a deuce. Anyway, so why are we talking about these people? <laughs> uh, well, they uh, they were responding. I guess there's been a phenomenon that has happened. Uh, something that's being probably hashtagged would be my guess. Mm. Uh, prayer shaming. Ah, uh, yes. You've heard about this? Yes. This, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting thing that's happening, actually. Yeah. Well, and it's all based on this thing of like, well, don't just pray, do something about it. Right. You know? Um, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, so on Fox and Friends, uh, Ducey decided that he needed to respond to uh, the, uh, the cover of uh, the Daily News. New York uh, Daily News. New York Daily News. Uh, which, did you see this, Dan? This is in reference to the mass shooting at San Bernardino. Exactly, yeah. 14, so it's the Daily News. It says 14 dead in California mass shooting. And then in huge letters. Like um, right in the middle of the page. It says God isn't fixing this. Right. And surrounding that, they have uh, tweets from Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, uh, Rand Paul, and Paul Ryan. Uh, who all are talking about, you know, our prayers are with the victims, right. says Ted Cruz. Yep. Uh, Lindsey Graham says, thoughts and prayers are with hashtag San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so forth and so on. That's kind of, and it and it's like, it's just so trite. Right. And it's just what you have to say, I right. guess. It's, it's, look, I'm, who was it? There was a comedian that had a great uh, set about this sort of thing, which is like, Saying my thoughts and prayers are with X is the equivalent of saying, I, I mean, his thing was like, it's it's the equivalent of I refuse, I'm not going to do anything, but I want to seem like I'm doing something. Mm. So, hmm. yeah. so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's basically no, it's that. exactly that. 
It's 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 I want to it's also like I want to prove how Christiany I am mm. and at the same time uh not do anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Not be tied down to any actual like thing. Well, Fox and Friends, surprise surprise. Deucey. Uh was having none of it. Oh no, of course not. He this whole prayer shaming nonsense. He uh, he does not like it at all. Well, okay. So what does he what does he have to say? So he says, um, if God won't fix this, wait, 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 wait. Steve Ducey had a copy of it. Yeah, uh, if God won't fix this, we need more gun laws. Uh, huh. Uh huh. And um, I guess Carly Fiorina was on. Yeah. Um. And she says, it's stunning to me. This is an example of how afraid the left wing is of our values. <laughs> We're afraid of your values? Your values. Your values of guns. We love guns. Well, and your values of thinking and praying instead of doing. Right, exactly. The, val- the value of God fixing things, uh, meaning don't do anything. Right. And so um, Ducey continues, um, and he's just, he just keeps holding it up, I guess. And he says... Um, on on the on the cover of the daily news they have politicized this already hey republicans they're saying god isn't fixing this as the latest batch of innocent americans are left dying in pools of blood uh cowards who do they picture right here Rand paul paul ryan ted cruz lindsey graham all republicans or quote cowards who could truly end gun scourge but continue to hide behind meaningless platitudes and then Hasselback chimes in um, and says, I was so disturbed by that cover. When you see tweets like Chris Murphy out of Connecticut saying your thoughts should be about steps to take to stop uh, this carnage, your prayers should be for forgiveness if you do nothing again. And then a tweet from the editor of Think Progress, Zach Ford, saying, Try this. Stop thinking. Stop praying. Look up Einstein's theory of insanity or in def- definition of insanity. Right. Okay. And and they just they just are just so like missing it. Right. right? Well, like, I love I love that she quote that that tweet from that congressperson. I I don't remember what the name of the congressperson was. I saw that that came up on my feet on my Facebook feed, and it's brilliant. Yeah. If you want to think and pray, actually think about a way that you can solve this and. And right. then, yes, and pray for forgiveness if you if you don't if you do nothing. Yeah, and uh, and so they continue on, and they um, they uh, end up saying that if you that 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 you basically these these folks who are doing the prayer shaming, yeah, right, are uh, lining up with terrorists oh, oh okay that's that's the punchline right there that's the, of course they're aligning with terrorists the yeah. terrorists you know what the terrorists want is for you not to believe in god that's He's, i think that was in here these godless terrorists i think if that was this article <laughs> or another one that i read um but they um yeah that's just crazy just uh terrorists we're we're, we're all, all we're all terrorists all godless us. Godless terrorists. Just like all the terrorists, uh, all of the Muslim terrorists who are those godless heathens. Yeah. Atheists have so much in common with, <laughs> with uh, religious terrorists. I'm going to let that be a segue. 
okay. Because right, uh, I'm going. I, it's a little abrupt, but I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna launch from that. Um, okay. My first story comes to us Dateline, Idaho, Moscow, Idaho. Uh oh. Um, or maybe Pullman, Washington, somewhere in that area. Oh, the, very similar area, mm-hmm. like near the each twin other. cities of of Moscow and Pullman. <laughs> sure, as we all hear about them. Oh yeah. Every time, boy, Moscow. You hear Pullman roll off somebody's tongue. Moscow's not far oh, behind. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, uh, up there to the uh, to the north, there's a um, a humanist. There's a they call a group called the Humanists of Palouse, uh, which serves uh, both Moscow, Idaho, and Pullman, Washington. Mm. Um, the the group became aware of some uh, online threats that were directed toward a local mosque. Mm. Uh, so apparently, they actually do have. Some Muslims up in Idaho huh. uh, slash Washington. Um, the Pullman Islamic Center has been a part of the Palouse community for a long time. Okay. Uh, and apparently they were getting some... Uh, you'll be shocked to learn that in rural Idaho and Washington, uh, people were mean to Muslims. What? I know. That's a weird. shocking, shocking revelation. Anyway, these humanists were great. They sent them... They sent the, the Muslim... Uh, group a a letter that said uh, in part we we fully support your right to practice religion free of harm and harassment if you feel threatened please do not hesitate to contact us we would be happy to accompany anyone who feels their safety is at risk uh, e.g. grocery shopping on a walk around town or just someone to talk to if we can advocate for you in any way please don't hesitate to reach out to us and know that you have friends and allies amongst the humanists of the Palouse well I think that's, that's awesome. I think that's exactly the right response. Yeah. Um, that's been that. Wow. Okay. It was. So I just wanted to bring that up because we talk about a lot of negative stuff and that's exactly uh, what needs to be happening in the world. Because the thing is that like atheists, humanists, people of, uh, of non-belief are so easily painted as, you know, anti-religion and, and, mm. and we may be, I like, I wish the world had no religion in it. Sure. But that doesn't mean that I'm like, that that I don't think that this is right. Like it's right. We live in a pluralistic society that should be embracing all, all people. Well, well, yeah. I mean, you don't want. I mean, you you don't want people in your community to feel threatened no. or unsafe. No, I mean that's just that's just wrong, right? Correct. Um. So that's 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 quite lovely, right? And demonizing a group because of their religious beliefs. Yeah. I mean, for for the love of God, we of all people should know not to demonize a group because of their belief system. <laughs> I mean, we are demonized more than yeah. any problem. Well, no, I would say it, Muslims are demonized as much as atheists are. Right. Um, anyway, so there are brothers in demonization. They are. That- they are. <laughs> which which I which is what makes me so happy about this. Um, but I mean, we should be. I would gladly stand up for any group. That was actually being persecuted. Mm, mm-hmm. um, obviously, Christians don't qualify because they're not actually being persecuted. They just it depends on the part of the world d- in the United in, in these the United, States. United States. Thank you. Uh, I, w- I would they're say not. I would say no. I'm not going not to stand up for you because what you really are trying to protect is not your your religious freedom, but rather your uh, freedom your to privilege. Your privilege. Yeah. Um, they got a nice a nice note back from the Islamic Center. Uh-oh. 
Um, Does this story turn bad? It doesn't. Okay. Uh, Here's what it said. Uh, We have noticed that the correct way to define and appreciate humanist groups in general, and yours in particular, is as lovers and defenders of civil rights. Individual group in, of civil rights, individual group, individual and group democratic dignities and freedom of thought, not as haters of religion. Your group's neighborly defense of freedom of religion in the Palouse uh, demonstrates your focus on freedom and social justice. We are impressed by and thankful for your firm support and offer and offer of assistance and solidarity. Fantastic. Everything yeah. went correctly. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. I have to po- I it's one of those moments it's so easy like when you when you do news stories and this happen this is a, one of the big problems with the news right you get bad news that's all you get mm. because that's news good news that is, isn't yeah. news but this I just I mean I kept reading this waiting for the other shoe to drop and it was yeah. just like oh I was worried oh it just went well <laughs> everything went well yeah everybody got along and uh, all everybody made exactly the right statement Huh. So uh lovely. Yeah. If you if you are part of a of a huh. of a I, we humanist should go group check out or the whatever. Twin Cities. <laughs> I've been to Moscow, Idaho. Have you? Uh-huh. Huh. How is it? It's a it's adorable. Adorable? Yeah, yeah. You go up there, you go to Jack's Cafe. They got all the uh Where is Moscow? It's way up there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh wait. Am I thinking of Paris, Idaho? I'm th- I might be thinking of Paris. You know all of those major <laughs> cities. <laughs> Moscow. There's also a Paris, Idaho. That is there is a Paris, that Idaho. Is fantastic. Oh, whoops! If you just type Mos- if you just type Moscow, you get the wrong one. Oh, that's probably true. Uh, Moscow, Idaho, London, Idaho. Uh, I don't think that there's a London. But Berlin there might be Berlin, Idaho. I'm sure that there's a yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no, Moscow's right on. I mean, as you would imagine from the, my story, it's right on the uh, the border with. Uh. But yeah, it's. It's a ways up there. I, w- I was, I think, thinking of um, of Paris, Idaho. Mm. No, nope. yeah, I don't know. Tokyo, Idaho. Were you thinking of Tokyo? <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Bangkok, Idaho. They just have all Delhi, all Idaho. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do feel. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, mm. good. Good. Go. Good on them. Yep. Good job. All right. Where was I? Oh, I got a story for you, Dan. Good. Tell it to me. Oh boy. Uh oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, he just sighed going in. We're in trouble. <laughs> uh, so you are you familiar with how refugee resettlement works in the United States, Dan? Uh, yes, they are all given yachts and mansions <laughs> and uh, and and we have to pay extra taxes because of it. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> um, so the way that 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 from my understanding that this whole thing works is that there are, there are multiple resettlement cities sort of scattered about the United States, usually mid-sized cities mm-hmm. right, that have built up a little bit of, I guess they, they have the right sort of infrastructure in place now to handle refugees as they come into the country. Sure. So the United States grants them refu- refugee status and then uh, they're assigned to one of these cities, or maybe they're allowed to choose. I, I don't. I'm not clear on that. But um, they they wind up ha- dealing with these entities that have sprung up, um, 
that help them get housing sure. and help them sort of settle in um, and provide services in general and educational services and right. blah, blah, blah. Right. And by and large, these are often uh, faith-based or okay. agencies. Sure. Right? There's some church in a community that will run uh, one of these, these services and uh, teach you how to be American. Absolutely. Super important. Well, the one of the things that the federal government does is they grant a zero interest loan oh. to the refugees as they come in, as, as they are arriving on okay. our soil to pay for their transportation expenses in getting here. Okay. So a family may have a few thousand dollars, you know, maybe six, seven thousand dollars in debt upon arrival upon arrival got it and these agencies uh work as uh debt collectors in addition to providing services they also are the debt collectors okay they're kind debt collectors these are zero interest loans we hope and they don't uh uh typically have like penalty like i don't think they really even have penalties if for like payment and that kind right, of stuff right, but it's right. something you're supposed to pay back right right and they are allowed to keep the uh the 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 same percentage as their rate for for these services sure um they, they get the same uh market rate as private sector de- debt collectors which is 25 percent of any money that they wow. recoup for the government 25%? 25%. Holy crap. And so this actually starts to add up. Uh-huh. And so when you start hearing uh, there was some big Lutheran or- organization that's taken um, a stand mm-hmm. saying, we need to up the number of refugees that are coming in, of Syrian refugees, from 10,000 to a hundred thousand <laughs> they have a financial incentive to it, get more refugees in here there is a conflict of interest i here. love it oh my god that's and amazing whether you know it's hard to place what people or speculate truly about what people's you know motives are a yeah. lot of times but this this has been set up in such a way where they have a real interest in it well as you go through it apparently um the once they collect this money, it doesn't have to stay in, within the walls of the agency. It can go into the church's general coffers, right? And they don't have to report on it. Oh, right, exactly. Of course they don't. And they don't have to say anything, right? And so, there people are starting to kind of sit up and take notice, and and. Uh, you know, uh, and and they, 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 some of these organizations, they've said some things that make you go, Ooh, one of them, um, such as, uh, uh, who's this guy? Barnes. Barnes. Kurt Barnes? Yes, Kurt Barnes, uh, who is the CFO at the Episcopal Church Treasurer or something or other. Yeah. Um, he says, this is his quote. Some people say, oh, you're in the collections business. Yes, but we also prefer to say that we are in the business of providing credit history for new citizens 
or future citizens. <laughs> Isn't that the slimiest thing? Uh, like he's totally like trying to pivot the story to this right. other to this other thing, and it's like no um one person in response to that who's the uh, wally seawert who's the director of the center for ethics and public life at the university of missouri st louis uh-huh. says you could help refugees build up a credit history but only take five percent off the top right as yeah. a fee for you collecting the loan yeah. like if that's what you're really doing you clearly like the money so what this is so actually let me see if i've got this straight because so what's happening is the U.S. is paying for them to come to our country. Yes. Off the bat. Yes. And then saying, but you have to pay me back. Yes. For that. And the government's then, fine only getting 75% of the money back. Right. Then, yeah, the U.S. gets seven, which means that taxpayers have foot that extra 25% bill. Yes. Plus, so taxpayer money is going is being funneled directly to churches. Oh, Absolutely. Um, that's awesome the um without so the let's see what group is this the um uh the the migration and refugee services at the u.s conference of catholic bishops um brought in through their collection fees 3.4 million dollars holy shit uh in 2014 um and uh with they, then again, you know what? If this is actually paying for real services for these refugees, yeah, then I'm not going to begrudge it. It, I is mean, a, it. it is a real service, and it's a really, I mean, I mean, if there, there is something off- about making them pay it back that's a little. I mean, I get it. It's a, it well, a little it's weird. Like, welcome to the United States. Ain't nothing for free. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. kind of the deal. And but it's, I do it's like, kind of also like get used to debt. Yeah, right. <laughs> also welcome a lot the, of it. Also welcome to the United States. Yeah. I do think I I like the fact that uh that you know because like you said these 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 groups are also providing many other services. They are. They are. And, so, and that's where this gets a little tricky because you don't want to demonize them entirely, but there's this weird thing going on. But if that's on. how it's getting paid for, I'm actually fine with that. What if that money though makes it back into the general coffers though? We're talking about yeah, a lot of money. Even a small organization would be able to bring in a chunk of change. Yeah, you know? it's true. It's true. I just, you know what? I, I, I don't know how all the financials of this work. I, I, I'm just glad that these people are getting services. I oh, mean, I'm, I'm really glad. And you know what? I don't think it needs to be a faith-based organization. I, I do, think it'd be better yeah. if it weren't. Oh, absolutely. I've, and it, and I, I actually agree with the the, the Lutheran organization. Ten thousand Syrian refugees is not enough no it's not these people need help right and this nation is in is in continually a, in a position where we can help in a fantastic position to help. so um so, yeah. I, I i agree it should be it should be a hundred thousand yeah you know? so there you go who knows what the correct position is on this but that is an interesting racket that they're isn't running. it though like i just it, it's more sort of the question of and the fact that we can't peer into their books, the yeah. fact that they are because uh-huh. a, because a nonprofit organization is in fact a public trust. Yeah, and oh, yeah. we and any other nonprofit organization, any charity, mm-hmm. anything like that, we get to look at their books and we get to know oh, how yeah. they're how they're spending their money and stuff. Very much so, in fact. But not a church, and that's where I a object. Church. That's where I object to this. It should yeah. not be. It shouldn't. It should have. I mean. You know, if it's run by an, a religious group, that's fine, but it should be its own organization that does not get to keep its books closed. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Anyway. Well, but the church also should not be able to. Keep well, yes, yeah, so, yeah, but but that's, that's the bigger. That's issue asking here. a much a much larger thing, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna have a political thing here. I you have you ever heard of this guy uh, Donald Trump? You ever heard of that guy? I feel like I've he's been I in saw the news. a building once. <laughs> yes, with, the, with that last name. I'm on not. It. I'm not talking about the building. I, oh. There is a man. Um, <laughs> there are several buildings with that name, but there is a man also with that name who's oh, yeah. trying to ruin our country <laughs> and embarrass us uh, internationally, and doing a fantastic uh, job of both. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he <laughs> he recently went. Uh, you're going. You're going to see where I'm going pretty quickly on this. He recently uh, gave a, a speak a speech to a group called um, the Republican Jewish Coalition Forum. Mm. Um, this, uh, the, okay, As, he, at, well, because he's running for president. He's running for president, yeah. and he okay. he he talks to a lot of different forums. Yeah, he that's what recent, he does. He recently re- like got. Did you see that? Like a whole bunch of black pastors. He was going to speak to them, and then. Like his his campaign announced beforehand that they were going to walk away with a whole bunch of uh, support from black pastors in the U.S. Uh-huh. and the the pastors were like, oh, "Okay, never mind, we're not coming. <laughs> we're going to cancel this." <laughs> if you're already announcing our support, I don't. Yeah. Th- I, no, nope, we're not doing it. <laughs> uh, the the Jews were not quite so. Uh, they welcomed him. Oh, uh, he came okay. and spoke. Uh, you know that impulse that you have when you're in a group of people who have something that binds them together and you're not really part of that group to try and sort of fit in? You know that impulse? Yeah. 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 I feel that when I'm in a group. Uh-huh. Um, he may have not really understood what that should mean for him. Okay. Um, I'll just read a couple quotes real quick uh, oh, no. uh, from this thing. He claimed that he was a negotiator like you folks. Oh, good. Huh. <laughs> he said, okay. he said, uh, you know, um, oh, no. he basically he just kept, he said, is there any, in the, anyone in this room who doesn't negotiate deals? Uh, <laughs> he said, probably that more than any room I've ever spoken in. <laughs> he, uh, he, he continued with the Jewish stereotypes. Uh, we're all good at, with contracts. He said, <laughs> Contrasting his him uh, and his audience with the Obama administration, um, he said, "I think you, as business people, will feel pretty good about." It. He was talking about the fact that he was spending fairly little on his campaign, uh-huh. uh, and he said, "I think you, as business people, will feel pretty good about this and respect it that I'm cheap." <laughs> I mean. The fact that he didn't put on like a prosthetic crook nose, oh. I feel like was was a big miss for him. <laughs> <laughs> he basically went in there and was like, "I know about you people." Oh my god! Oh. Yeah, look, yeah, he said, "Look, I'm a negotiator like you folks." I think that's so amazing. He kept saying that shit. Oh, what was the room doing? Uh, Shifting nervously in their I, seats. I feel like they were writing checks to his opponents is what they were doing uh he actually said he basically said he, he understood that he was not going to get their votes he said uh i don't want your money so therefore you're probably not going to support me you want to control your own politician oh 
Why was he there? <laughs> Just to offend them? Why was he there? It's the uh, most amazing thing I've ever seen you know in what? my life. It, he was there to make yet another bit of hay for the media. Yeah. So that they keep... I mean, that's his whole campaign is being run on him and is he really being gonna, Donald Trump. And what's brilliant about Instead him being is... being a good candidate for the presidency. He, he's just running to be Donald Trump. Yeah, That's he's, all he's, he's running for the he's running for the office of Donald Trump. Yeah, and he's already got it, so he needs to sit down. He, well, I think apparently he thinks he's up for re-election <laughs> as Donald Trump. <laughs> Actually, he's always up for re-election because he's a media whore. He he you is know? he's well. What's amazing about him is that obviously, uh, from the quotes that I just gave you, he doesn't like follow any script. He doesn't let anyone tell him how to talk. Uh. And I think by this point, his team probably just doesn't want him to because they see that whatever the fuck he does just works in some in the weirdest way imaginable. In the wrongest, most horrible way possible. It just kind of works. And then he uh, he, I mean, it's not like here's the thing script for a bad movie. Does he think I mean, I certainly don't think he's going to lose any traction with his supporters by insulting Jews. Yeah, Uh, it seems to me that he'll do just fine uh, with that, because as much as you know, as much as he's expected to support Israel by the by the Christians, he's not expected to support Jews. (laughs) They make a pretty. They draw a nice line there, where it's like, yes, we uh, we need you to support Israel, but only because when Jesus comes back, we get it. Yeah, and then we get to kick out those nasty, filthy, <laughs> Jewy Jews. Oh God! Oh, uh, he, Daniel. Well, it's so. It, what's really funny is that I'm sure that he doesn't get that even if what he thinks he's saying is a positive attribute. Yeah, you can't stereotype people no 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 no. like you can't just say you are all good with money right it sounds like a compliment but it's actually just showing your bigotry i want him to speak like at some big lgbt oh yeah thing because what would he come up with for that you know like it'd be amazing oh come on log cabin republicans get on this (laughs) We need to, we need to hear what he says to the queers. We need to hear it. <laughs> it's important to us. I, did you know that his daughter Ivanka like converted to Judaism? No, I had no idea. No. Uh, he, he, apparently, be. he made one joke that actually landed with people, which was something about her and not getting to see her on Saturdays or whatever. No. Oh, okay. But there you go. The rest of it is just like, uh, uh, you know, even. Even Ben Carson, who's kind of in the same boat where he just sort of spouts whatever he thinks is uh, whatever's on his brain, yeah. regardless of how incredibly stupid it is. Well, yeah. Have you seen him try to read a speech? No, he never does it. He, but apparently he did, he one, did on, on a Middle East politics. Yeah, uh, that's thing. the one thing. I, and, it's, and I was like, oh, he can't read. Right, right, yeah. So that's... <laughs> right, didn't he pronounce Hamas like hummus, basically? He just kept... There were multiple different pronunciations of Hamas, <laughs> which I thought... Which I found amazing, because it doesn't seem like there should be that many no. possible pronunciations. Well, also... One of them does sound like hummus. Also, it makes it clear, this man doesn't actually watch or listen to the news. No. 
because his foreign policy speech, he was just sitting there reading from the script, dot, 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 dot. Right. Like it was so stilted, and he, and he was looking down at the printed page and struggling right. with the pronunciation. And the of, man already of, has... Of foreign words and names and whatnot. He's already got that sort of speechy narcolepsy, whatever. <laughs> I, n- I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, you, you make him read, it's going to be that much worse. Yeah, it was just droning on. But anyway. Okay. What, what's next? All right. Also a Jewish story. Oh, good. Um, so apparently, this is very interesting. This was unknown to me, Dan. Uh, okay. Uh, m- apparently a lot of the, 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 the vendors, the street vendors. Yeah. Uh, selling souvenirs in, on the streets of Rome. Yeah. Are Jewish. Oh. Uh, in particular, in the, 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 the street vendors around the Vatican. Hmm. Uh, I guess back, back in the day, uh, the, 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 the Pope said, back in the 19th century, the Pope uh, issued an edict that allowed Jews to sell rosaries to Catholic pilgrims. Oh, interesting. Okay. And since then, there's been this tradition of uh, Roman Jewish families operating these uh <laughs> little, these little souvenir shops, shops. Okay. okay and i know the ones that they're talking about they're just little carts out on the street yeah know? yeah yeah and uh anyway the city is uh because uh, there's a jubilee year coming up oh right they whatever that ends it's up it's a holy year yeah yeah it's but, a yeah what it seems random but i guess they've got a real reason why they every so often there's a jubilee year right and this one's a it's a jubilee i don't know how they figure out all of that but anyway so they these, have these decided guys are putting to clear the jew up in the jubilee sh- oh damn they've decided the city has decided to clean up the space the streets around saint peter's oh no jews in jubilee so there are no jews oh they're kicking them out oh but they're kicking they're not kicking out just the jewish they're kicking out all the street all vendors. the vendors right um They've also decided that they're um, going to bar the the centurions who l- like to stand outside oh, the Colosseum. Like, oh, okay. All they, the guys in the gladiator costumes. Yeah, they costumes. get these young guys, often young, hot. attractive, sure. hot Italian young men. Yeah. And they dress them up as Roman soldiers. Yeah. And then they pose for pictures with tourists. Right. For a fee. Sure. Right? It's a little entrepreneurial effort. It's like the Elmo that hangs out on... In Times Square or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so they've also decided to get rid of them. And so they're not just going after the Jewish vendors. However, the Jewish vendors are turning it into a Jewish issue. Okay. Uh, and uh, they, in a pro- at a protest, they uh, have actually put, they've donned uh, yellow stars of David. Oh, no. But they're... So they're, I mean, they're like, they're going for this like persecution angle. Yeah, they like, are. Like, seriously. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, they're losing their livelihood. I mean, I, they, they are. And I don't, thing. I don't think they, they are being relocated. The city has identified, <laughs> you know, a, after you put on the star, when you use the phrase, the term relocated, <laughs> that sounds pretty bad. It does sound pretty bad. I mean, bad. there might be some tone deafness from the city that they don't <laughs> fully <laughs> grasp what they're up to. All right, all you um, guys, you ready to get on the train? 
No. <laughs> this is bad. No, they're they've um they they yeah, they they have a little they've identified a a, a neighborhood. Oh god. That uh, I'm, that part I'm just making right. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a call it a ghetto a ghetto. It's the ghetto mall, yeah. I think is what they're calling That's it. That's right. Um we spell it totally differently. Don't worry. It's not the same. Well, considering that ghetto is an Italian word. Indeed it is. That's true. <sighs> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, not fun. I mean, you know, let's, let's, it's a holy war uh, <laughs> surrounding who gets to sell shit, shitty little knickknacks. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to move us on to, uh, to Detroit, Michigan. Mo Ooh. Motown, the lovely mo Detroit, the Motor City, yeah, um, famous for its motors, famous indeed, yeah, uh, and for other things. Uh, but here's one thing that's interesting. So there will be uh, in in well, I guess I'm actually moving us to Lansing, which is the uh, the capital, I believe, of the state. Is it not? Lansing, Michigan? Fuck if I know. <laughs> well, there's our geography lesson for the day. Uh, the main geography lesson is fuck if we know. Um, so anyway, uh, so on the state capitol lawn, uh, okay. one Senator, Senator Ted, Tedrick Cruz. Um, Tedrick? I'm going to call him Tedrick. Why? I don't know. Because I like adding syllables to people's names. Oh, okay. Teddy? Oh, that okay. Ted that Cruz. Person. Okay, thank Ted you. Cruz. Thank you. You've heard of him. Yeah, I thought that, that so you threw Tedrick, and that's all I heard. I yeah, was like, no, 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 no. Ted Cruz. Uh, his presidential campaign is planning uh, a nativity scene. Oh God. Uh, apparently, pandering. Right, right. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of his recent stuff. He also has a, a, some lawn signs that say, and and some some paraphernalia that says. One unplanned preg unplanned pregnancy changed the world. Oh my God! But uh, really, that's what you're you're banking on? Yeah. But, but he's he's connecting. Yeah. See, he's tying I, in all of the things. Oh, I can't. I, I I can't have an abortion because I might be about to give birth to the Messiah. It might be Jesus. It might be Jesus. I can't abort. What if it's Jesus? <laughs> also, second coming. Right. Of course, the, it's an it's an easy uh, argument to dispel by saying, "Well, it also could be Hitler." Yeah. So you can choose. Like it, it is Russian roulette. Maybe we should abort all the babies to avoid Hitler, rather okay. than not aborting any of the babies I and hoping that's, for that's a Jesus. A fantastic plan. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, so so yes, his his campaign is very excited about this nativity that they're going to put in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there has been a response. You'll never guess from who. Who? The Satanic Temple steps in, do, 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 like the heroes that they are. Um, <laughs> okay. Apparently, this is the second year that they have applied for a permit now to do a their snake-tivity, which is uh, a, a snake. It's apparently like the image of a snake coiled around a... Uh, a satanic cross. Is I don't it, know is what it that giving was. birth or is it newly born, newly hatched? I don't think that it's actually a nativity. I think that they're just sort of playing off of that oh. term. I just imagined a nativity with all snakes reenacting. And I was like, I don't know how <laughs> it's a little <laughs> offensive, I guess. It's just crawling with it's just like you've got Joseph Snake and Mary Snake. Like those horrifying like <laughs> Yeah, anyway. No, I think it's it's literally just uh but but 
Uh, they're doing what Satanic Temple does so well. Right. Which is just horrifying imagery next to your Jesus. Right. So that's what they're doing. Uh, they have not yet apparently received their uh, their uh, permit to do it. Right. But they did it last year. There's no reason why they can't receive their permit. Um, okay. And they, are, are they foiling the plan? Well, is it working? Last year, I guess it didn't. I, I guess it foiled the plan. I guess last year, uh, they, they nothing happened. So they, uh, so that's good. But this year, it looks like the you know with the presidential campaign behind it, it looks like the nativity will go forward, and that means that they'll have snakes as well. Will there be like a free speech nativity zone? Yeah, right. Away from the cordoned off. From set the aside. Thing. I don't think so. I, I, but, yeah. I mean, we we haven't heard yet. But, yeah. Okay. They're, All right. Well, awesome. That's, uh, that's, where we're, that's where we're looking. The the it's, Satanists are, uh, are the only ones who apparently actually care about what church and state means. Did you see that our stupid senator, Oren, Oren, Boren Oren, <laughs> okay. Hatch, uh, actually did a he wrote a he recently wrote an op-ed piece i think in the washington times oh, no. that was like wall of separation of church and state is not what it what that means oh, and dear, we dear. and it, we shouldn't have that and that's not that's not what yeah maybe thomas jefferson wanted that but that was a huge departure from what the rest of the founders wanted and blah 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 oh my god and all i could think was a no the rest of the founders really wanted this yeah and b uh, also, why don't we just look at, you know, forget about what the founders wanted. Let's look at what really works in actual society. Right. And, uh, what you want, you don't want a non-separation of church and state. You just want Christianity installed. Right. You, sir, are a, uh, uh, what do they, what do they call the Muslim one? Sharia activist. He's basically, he wants what? Christian Sharia law. <laughs> I get. I know it does make sense, but it's a funny way to say it. Well, you, uh, I mean, how is he, wants he any, the Bible enshrined as the law of the land? How how is that is any that different the, than the Sharia law? Oh, there's it's, no difference. It's the same thing. Well, I mean, it's just, it's this, it's also. Uh, I mean, just to continue on with that idea, did you see where people are now trying to uh, use the term Christian terrorist, like for like the Planned Parenthood? Oh, thing sure. in Colorado. Yeah, trying to call that guy. A Christian terrorist. It's a little deviation from your story. But that's okay. But, but he is a Christian he terrorist. He is a Christian terrorist. That's exactly what he is. But the people who love to throw around Islamic terrorist are now getting all fucking butthurt. Bent out of shape Because people are calling him a Christian terrorist. Right. Which is what he is. Yeah. But they want to call him a domestic terrorist. He is. He is a man who... Acting under the authority of his faith mm -hmm. is that. trying to use uh, terror and f trying to use fear yeah. to control how others behave. Yeah. That's called Christian terrorist. Yeah. He's got crazy eyes, too. Oh, yeah. That dude. <laughs> that dude does not look right. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Uh, well... Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any comments or questions or whatever, and if you want to contact us for any reason, uh, we're here for you. We we uh, we have an email address set up. Yes, we we're, do. We are that we are tech savvy. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. So write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. 
Or you can leave us a voicemail message. Yeah. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click on that like button. Or also on Facebook, you can uh, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge mm-hmm. and request to join. It's nice. And how. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, coming up. We'll just figure something out for... Oh, no, we do have a thing. Yeah. I I forgot that you had figured out... You had sorted out our audio. Uh, all right, well, it's time for a quick break. Yes. Uh, Pat Robertson, of oh, course. Oh, Patty Boy. And uh, this is him. Oh, Patty Boy. <laughs> the pipes, the pipes are calling. Oh, that's lovely, Dan. Thank you. I'm, a, I'm not a... Yeah. Anyway. Oh, the smooth vocal stylings <laughs> of Daniel Beecher. Uh, yeah, this is uh, he, he, a caller is very concerned about uh, a, 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 a relationship. It's a, actually a relationship question. Indeed. So let's just see how uh, what what sage advice Pat Robertson gives him. Yep. I'm a Christian who is married to an unbeliever. My wife is opposed to our giving ties to my local church and any other giving to charity. She feels we can't afford it. I'm the only member of the household who has a job. And we live in a community property state, so our assets are shared. My question is, should I be tithing on all of my paycheck or just my half of it? Uh, You know, like it or not, you're the head of the household, and God has made you the high priest of the family. And uh, you are a Christian, and uh, what comes into your paycheck is yours. And uh, I think the fact that you want to bless your family, the best way to do it would be to have his blessing on you. And he said, you know, honor me with your tithes and offerings, and I'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So a hundred, all your tithe, you don't have to split it. Oh. You don't have to split it. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's your money. <laughs> You, you're the one going out and working. You're the head of the household. Right. You make that money. That is your money. God made she, you the high priest of the family. So what, what is she, the high priestess? No. No. She can't do shit. Make that non-believer submit yeah. to your will, sir. You've got the money. She yeah. doesn't have it. No. Community property. I love that community property argument. I think that that's amazing. Yeah. Of course, it doesn't really apply until, like, a divorce you know more than right. anything like right yeah it's not like a, a man can sue his wife when she goes off on a spending spree or something so <laughs> technically yes he could probably tithe and she, there ain't shit she can do about it right but yeah that's a mm. uh, that's good advice I'm, I'm glad that the misogyny is live live uh, alive and well over at cbn over over with the uh, the patty boy <laughs> Okay. Well, we had some folks write into us uh, and call into us. Oh yeah. I'm gonna I, and and we're just gonna spend a little bit of time, and that's all we're gonna do for the rest of the show is just talk to you guys, luxurious uh, with you guys about uh, feedback that you had for us. Um, maybe I'll start with an email. Should we just do that? Yes. All right. Uh, this is from R. Mark, who says, uh, "I work in a diverse and very inclusive corporate culture." Uh, it's only that way because the president's daughter happens to be gay. Otherwise, I think it would be pretty regressive, at least on LGBT <laughs> issues. Um, I work with a trans woman, and I'll say, that, and I'll say my reaction uh, internally. I'm very good at projecting stoicism. The first time I had a meeting with her was, as your caller described, I was taken aback. I guess we should've, I should have introduced this by, by reminding our listeners 
that we've been talking about trans issues, about transgender people, and about uh, uh, de- you know how to sort of wrap your mind around it if you yeah. if you don't know. And we had some callers last week who really struggle with with the trans issue, yeah. and I think that that's great. And we're still working on getting an interview going. We we thought we had one lined up, but we'll 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 get some interviews. We'll 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 talk to some actual trans people. Yeah, uh, on the show. But you know we had we had. Uh, two callers uh, dealing with with trans and gay issues, so so that's that's the background for this. Anyway, um, uh, so this so our Mark says uh, the first time I had a meeting with her was as your caller described. I was taken aback. After the initial shock of the difference subsided, every other interaction with her for me was judged on the competence of her job. She's pretty good at it, not exemplary, but good as with most people I work with. I will say, since we are being honest, I've had a similar reaction to overt physical disabilities hmm. and other things not the norm in my experience. Hmm. Not to equate transgender with to a disability, uh, only that I don't have anyone in my life that has, say, a lazy eye or a birth defect hmm. or, or is transgender. Hmm. When I meet someone that does, my brain has to adjust to, n- to the new input. Uh, once the, that initial shock factor wears off, it's no longer an issue. Hmm. So there you go. I mean, I think that that's kind of the thing. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, it's basically when you don't, anything that you don't have exposure to yeah. is going to feel uh, almost, there's going to be a worry there. Yeah. Because you don't know how you're supposed to react. You don't know what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I get that. Huh. Don't you I think? I never thought about lazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad has a has a has a sort of a fucked up eye. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. He, he's blind in one of his eyes, and as he's gotten older, it used to track okay with the other one. It was always a little off to the side, right? And now it's just like off to Her. the side. And you know, I've, you grew up with I it. I grew up with it. Sure. So I've never thought about some of the tactics that one uses when talking to someone with only one functional eye, right? Yeah, there is that. Uh, know, which like, one do I look into? Sort of moment. There's there's that moment, and then and then yeah. Instead of like going back and forth, right? As as I would do with you know someone with vision in both their eyes. Yeah, you just look at the one eye. Yeah. And then it gets yeah. It just yeah. feels different. The, I is, mean, I think. Can you tell that I'm only looking at one of your eyes, Dan? Right now. Can uh, you tell? from this far away, probably not. If we were a little closer to each other, I think you can sort of try. I don't want to be any closer to you, so that's fine. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Did yeah. that come out? You got a little a little, <laughs> a little, gross there. A little snarkity. Oh, Dan. That's okay. Whatever. I know you're just teasing. Whatever. Anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's, should we play a voicemail? Let's do. Let's do one of those. Hi, Dan and Frank. Hi, it's Marie from Canada calling. And I just wanted to add on to your reply to the person who's feeling a bit uncomfortable with trans people and the other one is feeling a bit comfortable with gay people. Uh, sorry, my phone cut out for some I called. So your suggestion to kind of get involved with the community is an awesome one. I would just say as someone who is involved with the LGBT community, um, I guess just a few things to be aware of when you are getting involved for the first time is just first let them know that where you're coming from. Let them know that maybe this is kind of your first time being involved. Maybe you come from an upbringing or a community that isn't accepting, just so that if you kind of flip up or say something that they could take as offensive, they know you're coming from a good place. 
and that you are open to learning and understanding, and that's why you're there. The other thing is just a little heads up about pronouns. Uh, if you're not involved in the LGBT community, you might not even understand what these are. So pronouns are they, them, it, she, her, him, anything we use to replace someone's name in a sentence. Uh, and this just really is how we ask people some of their genders and say, you know, what are your preferred pronouns? It's so much easier and respectful than kind of, are you a girl, are you a boy? That can be taken so many ways. It can be really confusing. You know, are you talking about their sex? Are you talking about their gender? You know, what about people who don't identify with either of them or both, you know? So if someone asks you this, it, it's not saying that you don't look like a guy or a girl. It's just that we're in a community where people don't necessarily look for one reason or another the identity they feel. So um, that's just a couple things, uh, just be respectful, treat them like anyone else. That said, I would love to see more kind of LGBTQ and atheist kind of collaborations. So I love that your show opens people up to being able to have those conversations that they might be uncomfortable about. So uh, that said, I don't know if you guys have any suggestions, and thank you for having an awesome show. You're welcome. <laughs> We're happy to have an awesome show for you. Mm. Well, and thank you, Marie, for, for that. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, all, all good advice. All I, I think the big, the 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 big thing that we probably neglected to say that I'm glad that she brought up is mm-hmm. is, yeah, let folks know where you're coming from. Yeah, it's okay to be to to have the starting place that you have. Yeah, and as long as you make as long as you make it clear that like you're willing to learn and you're mm-hmm. and 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 that you're coming from a place of of wanting to, uh, embrace human humans mm-hmm. and be nice mm-hmm. rather. Uh, I mean, really, isn't that what we're talking about with all of this? Is like, it get it feels like it's all scary and complicated. But the real thing is, all you have to do is just like love people and be nice. Just be a good person, and that's treat people with respect. That's it. Yeah. There's there's no reason why you have to why any of this has to be any more complicated than that. Yeah. Uh, but it's cool to say, hey, here's where I'm coming from. Right. I was raised to hate you people, and. I'm trying not to, but right. I might say some shit that I don't that I, realize is bad. Right. Help me. Right, right, right. You know, you know or, or, you know, or just, or just for being, you know, you be nice back. Because right. I think people will respond well to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jesse wrote into us. I, I'm trying, I'm trying, should I stick with the theme? Uh, yeah, the, let's let's. I would say let's work through the issue. Okay, let me find and some more some more other issues. Uh, the the trans stuff. Okay. Um, oh well, no, this one was it was interesting. Uh, you had said Frank uh, on the show when we were talking about uh, being gay mm-hmm. that if you could choose whether to be gay or straight, you would choose to be gay. Yes, and that actually had a huge response. People, uh, uh, there was there was a lot of people on in like on the members only lounge who were like. Really impressed by that huh. uh, moment. Uh, let me just write, read what Ray had to say. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ray said, uh, last week's podcast has engendered a conversation on the in the TGIA lounge on whether gay people would choose a different sexual orientation hmm. if they could. Hmm. Not being gay, I have nothing directly relevant to add. However, that has not stopped me from jumping into this email. My eldest son is gay. Um, so I have some indirect perspective to give. Derek was the product of a teenage pregnancy. His mother and I were never married. He was raised largely by his maternal grandmother in a household that has, that has dominated by females. Hmm. Uh, my wife, not Derek's mother, recognized Derek was gay when he was very young, eight-ish. 
Uh, we wondered if being raised in a domineering grandmother's household was a factor in d- determining his orientation. The old nature versus nurture discussion. Hmm. When Derek came out of the closet, many people asked me how I was coping with it. My response was that when your child is born and you dream about your child's future, it is not something you hope for. Not because of prejudice, but because life is tough enough. Hmm. You tend to want your child to have as many advantages as possible. Being part of a group that has traditionally uh, or historically been mistreated and discriminated against offers little advantage. Now that Derek is grown, 31 years old, I realize that there are things that I would change about him, that I wish I could change about him. Who, who he loves is not one of them. Hmm. I still want Derek to be successful in life, but I realize it is up to him to define uh, what that means. Hmm. Uh, I just wish he would. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I just wish he would put down the phone long enough to enjoy what's going on around him. (laughs) Oh, Ray. Uh oh. How to sound old in one sentence. Uh, Just put down the damn phone every now and then so we can have a. (laughs) I know. Uh, yeah no that's actually lovely ray thank you yeah, so much no that's that's nice uh <laughs> yeah i think uh so that really sparked something yeah that's i think i think that that's a that that's not something that we hear a lot of i i think that the 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 standard answer is supposed to be that boy if you could be straight wouldn't that be great wouldn't it be so life would be so much easier but you can't but life is tough. Life is hard. You're going to have something that sucks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that you have to deal with, right? We can't then, I mean, all be a Kardashian. <laughs> I mean, there are clearly things that, especially for a man of, of my generation, yeah. you know, that maybe didn't go all that great with the coming out, uh-huh. right? Because my parents still have problems, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact of the matter is, yeah, I'm just happy is who i am yeah yeah uh i I, i'll just read this tj uh from ohio wrote in Mm -hmm. and said uh i'm a mostly straight cis male now cis kids if we say the word cis cis Mm -hmm. uh we are referring to someone who is uh who identifies with as the uh gender that they were assigned at birth yes uh so if you were born with a pp instead of a hoo-hoo and you identify as male, then you are cis. Okay. Uh, just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> and yes, PP and hoo-hoo are the technical terms. Yeah, good. Um, I'm a mostly cis- straight cis male who is so liberal I make Gandhi look like a reactionary. Uh, I agree with your advice on educating yourself about trans issues as a way of overcoming the fear and, quote, freakiness reaction um, that many people seem to experience when dealing with any and all LGBTQ issues. I do have a few words that I used uh, when discussing trans people uh, with my own children that may help your callers. Hmm. Uh, not that we're connecting you with children. I, I, want to, I don't think that that's what the caller is or what the writer is <laughs> I saying. Don't think that, I would not have gone there. Um, we are conditioned by, our, by, our, by society, TJ writes, uh, mm-hmm. and to, ex, to an extent by our genetics to think, that human, to think of humans in binary categories like black and white, male, female, gay, straight. And Mm -hmm. the biggest and worst, us and them. The Mm. problem with that is that all humans, is that humans aren't binary creatures. We exist on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Humans are unique among all animals in that our evolution gives us the ability to recognize and express that fact. And our society has given us the tools we need to allow our physical appearance to match our mental image of self. Mm. Um, Which doesn't necessarily mean surgery, but that's an option. 
He says, and this is what I really like, a benchmark of a free society is to guarantee its citizens the right to be themselves. Hmm. We are lucky to live in a nation that does, fair, that does that fairly well and that, we li- and that we live in a time that has the technology to allow people to express not just who they are, but who they want to be. No longer do we have hmm. to conform to a predetermined box nor accept a life exiled from those inside the boxes uh, by accident of birth. That is a noble thing that we should all embrace. Hmm. Hmm. I like that. That last note, uh, especially the the idea that, like, yeah, we should be celebrating this not because we understand it. You know, I don't need to celebrate LGBTQ uh, the existence of that because I get it. Because right. I don't. I don't get being attracted to someone of the op- of the same gender. Right. Because that's not something that I do. Right. But I. <laughs> But I get being a person, right? And I get, uh, and I and I love the fact that people can just be different, and that's cool. Yeah. And we need to embrace that. Hmm. You, that that was a very thoughtful. Hmm. hmm. What, are, what are you thinking about? No, I, I well, I was also on a side <clears throat> thought a little bit there. Okay. But um, no, yeah, that, that's that's nice. We should. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's been the theme. <laughs> <laughs> I was really on a side thought, Dan. So when you finish your sentence, I was actually humming to my thing. Okay, well, what's your thing? It's it's gone. Okay, it's, it's gone now. Yeah. I get it. All right, do, do we have another voicemail to play? Uh, we do, yeah. Hi, Frank and Dan. This is Amy. I just wanted to thank you, Dan, for saying everything that I think about Christmas gift giving. I have such a hard time with it, but I love it at the same time. What we've kind of decided to do in our family, at least on my side of the family, not my in-laws, is we just kind of agree that we're all going to spend as little money as possible and not get offended that we might be getting thrift store gifts or homemade gifts, just kind of anything goes. And we do a lot of really jokey gifts. Uh, like my dad, who thinks he's a Republican but isn't, I found a 50-cent giant Obama picture book um, at a library sale, and so I'm giving that to him this year. And One year, my brother bought a bunch of booberry at Halloween time, saved it up, wrapped it for Christmas, and I got some booberry at Christmas time. So we like to do fun stuff like that, and that seems to be the way we're going to keep going. I absolutely hate gift cards. I feel like it's the ultimate cop-out in gift-giving. But again, I just wanted to say thank you. I feel everything you're feeling about gifts, and your talk just resonated with me so much. So thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Well, thank you for calling. Yeah, thank you very much. (laughs) Although I will disagree with you slightly about gift cards. Okay. okay. They are Let's a complete cop out. I will agree. That's that's where I agree with you. Uh huh. But sometimes you need a cop out. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you need that damn little crutch. Oh Jesus! I, I don't I'm know copping what to out. Get this person. I really don't. Yeah. You know. Uh, they like Target, right? Right. Everybody can find something at Target. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm copping out. You just have to actually. I think you should be required to uh, to write a, a card that says. I'm copping out. Yeah. Here you go. <laughs> I think that should be. I mean, I guess it's implied. Yeah. It's just implied. <laughs> I do love the idea of like the gift giving being, I'm going to try and make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm going to give you no, something that's that, awesome. for, to treasure. Not, I'm going to give you something to. Ju- the gift of laughter. Yeah. 
Not and for those of you uh, international li- listeners, I'm not going to explain what booberry is. You're going to have to hit the internet for that. <laughs> uh, we had some other people write in uh, about gift giving. Uh-huh. Gift giving. I mean, I, I think I, I, I don't think we talk about this in in polite society. This we gift, don't. This gift giving no. thing. So I think we struck a bit of a chord. Huh. Um, uh, gentlemen, this is Jesse who writes in. I, I, your most recent podcast highlighted a perennial issue that my husband and I struggle with. He believes that I that the way to show love is to buy your family members all the stuff, whether or not they want it, uh, fit in whether or not they want it, fit into it, or will ever use it, or have room to store it. In his eyes, we if we have a dollar left in the bank on December twenty sixth. Christmas was a failure. Oh, my God. I, on the other hand, am sensible. Am a sensible, reasonable cheapskate who would prefer not to exchange gifts. Oh, my God. We've been married 21 years. Oh, my God. And after many fights on the issue, have learned to get through the holidays the only way that works for us. He goes to the mall and does all the shopping, and I look the other way and never ask for the total for his Christmas cheer. (laughs) It's not ideal, but you do what you got to do. Oh, my God. In my husband's defense, he generally is a thoughtful giver and has surprised me on several occasions with touching one-of-a-kind items hmm. that require great advanced advanced legwork on his part. Oh, I, funny. on the other hand, one, once wrapped up an, our old ancient used cell phones for Christmas when his newer one broke. It was a practical thing to do since his contract was up in January <laughs> and there was no point in buying a new phone at full price when he could get a free one three weeks later. But I admit, it lacked romance. <laughs> uh, yes, it did, Jesse. <laughs> that is true. That was not the romantic gesture, for sure. Thoughtful, though. Yeah, I mean, useful. Useful. I don't know about, yeah. Well, I mean, thoughtful. I guess so. Hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> This is a problem, man. Gifts are just an issue. Did I? Re- I don't think I relayed what ha- yeah. what happens. I mean, I talked about sort of what happens with the uh, with Andrea's siblings every mm. year for Christmas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you overheard a delightful conversation earlier, which was I was shocked, <laughs> which, which was about us, like because everybody in the family just tells everybody what they want. Yeah. And then what we said is, uh, well, maybe we want this thing, and. That's over the limit of how much a thing of how much gifts are allowed to cost. So we'll just make up the difference. Yeah, I think you didn't respond. I was, I was just like, "What the fuck? <laughs> That's not right. It's not good gift giving yeah. practice. It's we we in that family we don't practice great gift giving hygiene. Yeah, I'll I'll let them do whatever the fuck they want because there were too many rules in my house with the damned gifts. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, and you expectations, know. and you had to love it, and if you, um wanted to exchange something you were ungrateful yeah you know and it's like oh my god you got me something that i like i can't even use right right i can't even fit this thing into my life or an item of clothing that yes you got the size right but it is awful right and now and 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 is it not okay to exchange or to no it was better to never wear it than to go and exchange than, than it. to take it back. Okay, well, there you I go. I learned that lesson. <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted, I, you know, it's funny because what I didn't relate was what happens with Andrea's grandmother, mm. uh, which is that she used to throw a, a, a Christmas party every year, and she mm-hmm. has, you know, she had like, is it seven or eight kids? So okay. a lot of kids, 
tons of grandkids. Yeah. Not everybody showed up, but always enough showed up that it was, you know, she she lived in a condo and so she would rent out the uh, she would the get the, the, the common area, yeah. the big the big party room or whatever. Uh-huh. And we'd all go there. And uh she had this thing that she I mean she loved to give gifts and whatever, but she loved to have a game. And there was always this game for the getting of the gifts, which a, a good percentage of like so she, if she is generation 1, a good percentage of generation 2, especially the wives of generation you know the wives and husbands of generation 2 would sort of bow out of the game because they it, it was truly ridiculous. But anyone generation 3 or below was expected to be a part of the game. Okay. The game was never the same every year. It was every year new, it, rules. It, new rules, it was a different game. So okay. so fun, right? So far so good. Yeah. She never really wanted to explain all of the rules. Uh, she would tell you most of the rules are like kind of the basic She'd outline hold of how a couple back. I don't think she held it back on purpose, but she didn't really think through how this would work. She was she was not good with group dynamics, and oh, we're talking okay. thirty or forty people playing this game. Oh my god! Uh, so for in- so for instance, one year she had us all write down a very weird random fact about ourselves. Okay. And the game was, she's going to read it, and then we're all going to guess who it was. And whoever guesses right gets to go and get a gift. Okay. And she would read it, and of course, someone in the immediate family is going to be like, oh, that's my dad. Right. And then she would get really mad and be like, well, if you know, you're not allowed to guess. (laughs) But then we don't know, like, you don't know your second cousin that well. Like, your cousin that lives in another state that you see once a year at grandma's Christmas party, you don't know well enough to know that they went on a trip to Madagascar once. You know, it's just like one of those things. So, So if you're not allowed to, if you don't, if you're not allowed to guess if you know, then it's just like, was it Sam? No. <laughs> okay, was it Steve? No. Oh, and then God. we just what do we go? Okay, was it Susan? No. Was it Joe? No. Was it Sarah? No. Was it and we just go through everybody cuz like I don't know. Uh, it was the worst. It yeah. was always the worst, but the best part is that when you finally did get a present, like holy shit, what are you doing? It was stuff from our pantry. So one year somebody got two boxes of mac and cheese. <laughs> And then, like the same year, like I that year, I remember distinctly. I got a a a mechanical pencil. Um, oh, it, that was fine. It was nice and whatever. And then someone got an iPod out oh. of the blue. Like I don't even think Grandma knew what that was. I think that she just like, well, I don't know what this is, but I'll just package it up. But yeah, somebody else got like a half opened like an opened package of individually wrapped chocolates that had been like half eaten <laughs> they're individually wrapped it's fine but it's already half gone like that's the kind of thing that happened anyway oh no but that was always hilarious to me i never had an objection to that because it was the well, weirdest funniest thing i've ever seen in my well, life and last week andrew was talking about her grandfather who Everybody got this is a grandpa, candy bar? This is grandpa on the other side. Okay. Who every year would have a, you know, they have a get together and then he would get the same candy bar for all of the grandkids <laughs> uh-huh. in the family and then do a code so you had to figure out which one was yours. But they were identical. They were all identical. So at any time we could have just said, open the one you've got. Oh, and they were wrapped. They were wrapped in, in Christmas wrapping paper. Okay. At any time we could have just been like, I'll just hang on to the one I've got, <laughs> and it would have been fine. We all would have gotten the same present, right? But no, we had to get we had to 
crack the code and figure out who's this witch. <laughs> it's I mean, it's actually adorable. It's totally adorable. It's, it's absurd. It's crazy. <laughs> it's absurd, but delightful. <laughs> These are the kinds of things that I have no objection to because it's like watching. It's just watching it that I enjoy. Well, and and, and you grew up in a much smaller sort of family yeah, setting. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and so the, the large family dynamics are probably pretty foreign. They're lost on me. It's true. <laughs> um, Melissa wrote in to us from, uh, from Washington. State, not D.C. She said, I actually, uh, she says, I have a similar experience to Frank and his family's bad Christmas. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. That all the more proves the idea that gifts aren't exactly the best part of Christmas experience. <clears throat> I have a younger brother who is, to say the least, a piece of shit. That's not to say the least. That's probably to say quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think I feel. Anyway, uh, she says, uh, she says, um, she about five years ago, when we were still on speaking terms, I had gone to a lot of effort to think of a really good gift for him, a super fancy ice cream machine from Bed Bath and Beyond. Mm. Uh, seeing as he is the world's biggest pothead and he loves ice cream, it <laughs> seemed like a really uh, amazing gift choice. Mm. Uh, learning, sweet. learning the hard way that including a gift receipt can offend the gift giver, he returned it within days to get the money to buy weed. I was pretty devastated. Mm, that's I, so sad. A year later during Christmas, my brother and I are no longer talking and talking to one another because of various reasons. And I have a small get together for my mom and uh, for my mom and my husband for Christmas. My mom is disabled and jobless. So I basically told her not to buy us anything because we couldn't afford because she couldn't afford it. Uh, going back to Frank's story, she still bought us stuff. But it was all thrift store garbage, like half-used candles and really old kitchen towels. Super depressing. But the icing on the cake was the gift that she tried to pass off as what my brother got me, as though he would be getting me a gift Aww. now after never having, never giving us, uh, giving any of us gifts for years. It was a kitty cat wind chime, used but still cute. Uh, since I love cats, I knew there was no way he ever could have picked out that picked that out let alone paid for it <laughs> so because of the obsession with gift giving that christmas was just hammered home how messed up my family is and how i'll never have a nice normal family holiday ever again mm. uh, now that you're depressed thanks for all you do love the podcast blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um yeah i th i think that uh i think the gift giving is tricky it's just tricky oh there's just I think I'm gonna take our. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna take uh, the advice of that uh, of that one listener and just. I'm gonna go for humor from now on. I'm mm. just going to try to make people laugh at Christmas time. All right. Because going for you know a thoughtful gift, you 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 got a fifty percent chance that it'll mean nothing to them, <laughs> and then you got like another twenty percent chance that it'll be sort of meaningful, but they already really have it, but yeah. they can't tell you that. Right. The chances of that working out, pretty slim. Right. I'm going to go for comedy. Right. From now on, it's comedy. Yeah. Well, and then the, you always run the risk of, like, you know, you, you see that someone has, like, some collectibles. Yeah. Oh, God, that's the worst. And so you go out and you get something in the same vein. Right. And the person totally acts like, oh, thank you so much. Oh, it's great. But it just started out that they had two of that item and everybody right. started picking up on, oh, they love right. 
uh, roosters. I have a friend who, yeah, he has so many ceramic roosters or just like kitchen towels with roosters or just anything yeah. with roosters. It's in a his feedback kitchen. loop. And he seriously just started like with two. I'm serious. And you guys, then it just turned into this thing. And he's just like, I don't even really like them. I, my I, mother-in-law has pigs. <laughs> my mother, my ex-mother-in-law. Sorry, my oh, first mother-in-law. Okay. She uh, she always had pigs. Uh, and, and she she had like two pigs. She loved she loved her two little pigs, and uh-huh. then and then it became everybody gave her pigs, and then it became the joke. Like you're like you now we we all pig. get that you don't really want pigs anymore. Ha ha, pig. <laughs> Rude. It just became this like, but it was funny. She right. thought it was funny, but uh, eventually she was overrun with pigs. Oh my god. This is this is the let this be a warning. And to then you. No, don't have more than one of a thing. But then people who don't know, yeah. Right, because this is a thing in this family. Yeah, they they come in and they're like, Jesus Christ, what's up with all the pigs? But they can't say anything. Right. This person really likes pigs. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I'm gonna read one more email. Oh, okay. Uh, this is all on a totally different subject, but oh. we we have to address it. Okay. Uh, we had a lot. By the way, if you do, if your emails and voicemails don't make it on the show, please don't be offended. We yeah. we simply do not have time for everybody, but no, we we, we try to make as much get as much in as we can. Anyway, um, howdy, says Melissa. Hmm. Uh, I had signed up to be a Patreon supporter, but noticed that there haven't been any posts there since October, and oh, I boy. wasn't charged anything. Yep. I switched to PayPal instead. I wasn't sure if the Patreon thing was glitched or intentionally missing, and I've been listening to older shows starting with the first episode, and may have missed something mentioned, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm sorry, not blah, 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 you, uh, Melissa, sorry, I didn't mean to. Blah, blah, blah her? Blah, blah, blah you. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, she says, um, I love the show and especially appreciate hearing thoughts about ex-Mormons. Uh, <laughs> as a child, I was, I, w- I was forced to attend very dull and uneventful Methodist church. Uh, although things perked up a bit for the better when the male minister was caught <laughs> in a relationship with a male parishioner. Oh, that uh, yeah. would be interesting. That was big news in rural, conservative, homophobic, redneck town where I grew up. <laughs> uh, anyway, like I'm glad you both found freedom and you seem genuinely happy, which is wonderful. So thank you, Melissa. And she did become a uh, a monthly subscriber on pay on PayPal. Well, fantastic. Which is still an option for everybody. Yeah. However, uh, we need to explain what happened last month. So here's the deal. I, I was the one who set up the Patreon account. Right. I went in. I pushed all the buttons and blah, blah, blah. Um, and when I went on my little break, I forgot to tell Dan that you have to go into Patreon and make a little post. Right. And so since that got handed <laughs> off to Dan for the month of November, uh, it it didn't happen. Right. And I was it, it, our switch to Patreon had been so new that I I just kind of didn't even think about because I kind of I'm I'm the one who takes the files home and and, and post uh, them on the post o- them on the internet and you know right puts, and puts and, the show together and does all that kind of stuff after we record and the way that it works is that we go and we post to a a syndication uh uh platform right that sends it out to iTunes and all of the yeah. different syndicated places and that's that's all well and good that's great right. uh and I just thought everything was automated 
Yeah, and unfortunately, I just Patreon, didn't know about not. Patreon. So those of you who are Patreon supporters, uh, you you saved yourself a bundle, a little a little <laughs> bit of money, because uh, we lost out. Yeah, at the end of the month. So what they do in order to cut down on like credit card fees and all that kind of stuff, right? They only charge a card at the end of the month. Right. So they kind of tally it up what you support on Patreon during the month, and then and then they just charge once. Right. So as to try to pass on the savings to us. Right. And we and, and we're so, certainly not going to go back and like suddenly throw down I don't know, three or gonna, four the, episodes we, that we you, lost November. Yeah. Uh, that's that's just that's just what happened. That's on us. We're we're not. We're not good at all of the <laughs> podcasting things. Yeah. We're mostly content creators. And yeah. everything beyond that. It, it just slips through the we're cracks. We're just not good at it. So sorry. <laughs> and sometimes we make promises and then we don't. We don't fall. keep up. No. It just fucking sucks. But anyway, we did have some new people sign up on Patreon. So right. I do want to thank them. Yes. Their money will uh, be, or their, 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 their pledges will be to, uh, processed this month. Right. Uh, along with everybody else who's, who's signed up. Uh, we have Liz, Emily, Denzel, and Peter. All right. Are all new subscribers. Thank you so much. Or supporters or whatever the right phrase for that is. And so thank you so much for signing up for that. And, uh, yeah, the, starting with this episode in the month of December, we'll, we'll just be back it, to, we'll be, we'll be back to everything as usual. Yes. Uh, Switching platforms. There was, there was a, there was a moment of, you know, we a bit of confusion. Joyride was, well, we had it set up as a monthly thing. Right. And we didn't have to like do anything. They just sent the money to to our paypal account yep. once a month we're so. still learning this people sorry uh by the way i also need to thank sean who did a one-time donation oh. uh through paypal wonderful thank you sean. um and you know i yeah that's also always an option but, if yeah. you don't want to be a subscriber you can always go and just give us a one-time thing yeah. if you are a subscriber on patreon and you're horrified that you missed a few episodes you can <laughs> go and make a, pay a payment there if you want to yeah. that's also fine um, thank you to those of you who are subscribers. We super appreciate that. Yeah, it it's, just... It's so amazing. It means a lot. And, it does. Uh, and it is incredibly helpful. Yep. So, so uh, and if you want to become a subscriber, you can do so by going to thankgodimatheist.com mm -hmm. and clicking on the Patreon button uh, on the side of the screen. That will get you uh, through to our Patreon place. Help us reach our goals. Yay! And we'll be very, we'll be very grateful. Yeah. Uh, to you as we are to these other people who have already done it. Um, <laughs> uh, if you have anything you need to say to us, if you want to be part of this conversation, go ahead and write into us, uh, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail message. Woohoo! Telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Or also on Facebook, you can search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group. So we'll have to let you in. Yeah, you have to search it out, and then you have to request, and then, and then I wait, to, and then wait, and then I let you in someday, <laughs> if you're lucky. Uh, thanks to Mackenzie uh, for for manning the helm over on the Facebook page. Boy, is your we just appreciate you a bundle. And thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. Yeah, and thanks to you, dear, kind, friendly listener, for, li for tuning in to us. We sure do appreciate it. Bye-bye.